Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The year is 2022. And in this year, we have watched 49 movies for consideration for this unspooled season three finale. What's going to space? Rocket Booster's engaged. Let's find out. everyone and welcome to unspooled season wrap up you know amy it seems like only yesterday i was standing in a closet in some house that was not my own recording the very first episode after we had finished the afi list and look at us now three years later uh, i would say we've done about probably in that time at least 150 movies i'm not going to count i'm sure someone can count but i would say in that range and I don't know how we, to count. What, what's the point of counting? <laughs> but with those 150 and the 100 that we did on the AFI list, uh, that is 250 movies. We have a list right now, an AFI list of 40 films. These are 40 films that we are sending into outer space. You can check them out on unspooledpod.com. And last year, we added about a dozen films to the list. Um, you, the listeners, made a strong, agitated case that we needed to put the thing on the list. Mm-hmm. And we listened. We listened. We, we listened to listen. your things. So currently the API list, that's the Amy and Paul Institute list. That's the list of films that we are considering to send to outer space is at 58 films. I won't go over all the 58 films. They're on unspooledpod.com. You can take a look there. And today we are going to add some more to this list and maybe even take some off that API list. That's part of the game. That's part of the fun. We don't know what we're adding yet. But we have gone about this in the most, I would say, judicious way. We both got sent <laughs> our list uh, of every film that we've done. And our producer, Josh, said pick 12. We could only pick 12. So we were con- confined. So, Josh, tell us how you went about uh, doing this. 
Yeah, so this is going to work really similar to how we did the season two finale last year, where uh, Paul, Amy, you guys each sent me 12 films, uh, your picks to go to space from the last uh, like 50 or so films, the last year of movies that we've done. Uh, so we've, I, we've put that into a spreadsheet and you guys are about to find out. You guys are going to look at it for the first time live on the air, which movies you agree should go to space and which movies you disagree on whether they should go to space or not. And uh, me and Devin sent some picks in as well that you might hear. Okay, I'm well, very wait, excited. Wait, Josh, I mean, as the mastermind, how do we do? Are we like in perfect synergy, me and Paul, because we get along on everything? <laughs> you were in uh, precisely imperfect synergy in the sense that uh, <laughs> six movies you guys agree should be sent to space. Oh, look and at then us. Each of you also picked six other movies uh, that you each, uh, that one of you wanted to send to space and the other one did not. I like that. All right, so half and half. I will say this list was really, really hard in the two years that we have done this, maybe three, because we've done this three times. It's been easier. This was legit hard for me to figure out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to balance it. I made some rash decisions, so I probably can be swayed a little bit, oh, but there are also, but I also feel like, you know, uh, there are some movies that I have some second thoughts about. And we want to hear from you because last year uh, you also played a part in adding films to lists. So we're going to hear from our producers, Devin and Josh. We're going to hear from uh, Amy and I. And at the end of this episode, you can tell us where we might have missed the boat, what you want on this API list. And at the end, we may have uh, 68 films on this list. We may or we We may have less. We don't know. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, last year... The listeners also were like, you dummies, how dare you not put the 400 blows on the list? It made such a strong campaign that we added that too. Yes. So I'm excited to get yelled at and I'm excited to uh, to uh, bicker with you, my I, beloved movie bicker partner. I love it. And I saw a tweet this week from somebody who listens to the show and they said, I just can't figure the two of you out. And maybe that's why I love this show. So I think this is going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> but uh, But I will tell you this. Uh, Just to put it in contention, before we start, Dr. Strangelove, Double Indemnity, Raising Arizona, The Royal Tenenbaums, and Inception are all films that are on this list, our current API list that we have said could be replaced with another Nolan, another Wes Anderson, another Kubrick film noir, whatever we want to do. Those were films that we had put there simply as a placeholder because we're trying to be Look, it's an impossible task, 100 films, but we want to just put those out there. So especially I think this comes up in this episode in a, in a big way. So shall we look at <gasps> our agreements? All right. I'm going to click this open button. All right. Button. I'm looking. Here All right. You want to just go one by one? I'm just looking at them right now. All right. Yeah. This is good. All right. All right. Here, here we go. First film we agree on. I'm very excited about this. First one we agree on. I thought this is the the easiest one of the bunch to pick. The Matrix. Matrix is going to space. Matrix is going to space. No doubt about it. It makes perfect sense. Absolutely perfect sense. The Matrix, it felt like, it felt significant. It felt beautiful. It felt exciting watching it all over again. It feels like a film beamed into us from the future. Yes. May as well just beam it right back out, man. I love it. And now Keanu's going to space. Oh, Keanu. We love it. He's in space. And now, Amy, the next one that is going on the list. The Night of the Hunter. Oh, I'm excited about that one. 
the recent one that we just did that like uh, we loved, listeners absolutely loved. Uh, one of the hands on the main villain also loved, the other hand hated it. Uh, but what are you gonna do? What are we gonna do? It's a beautiful movie. I mean, it has every, for me, this was like a no brainer because not only is it like creepy, beautiful, magical, everything that I love about like a person who makes films, that a person could just make one film this amazing and then drop the mic and walk off and never make another film again. I mean, that's the kind of movie story I love. Uh, I agree. But also it had the aesthetics of silent cinema that I just adore and that I'm always agitating for very loudly on this list. I mean, it did beautiful no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. And to have Lillian Gish, beloved Lillian Gish. <sighs> I, perfect. I mean, now this next one might be one of those films that we put on this list and we might put it as a placeholder because we haven't done a lot of this director. But to me... When I looked at every film that we did this year, it was again another no-brainer. P.T. Anderson's Boogie Nights. Classic movie, great performances, epic. And we did a lot of epics this year. A lot of big movies that span uh, not only a long runtime, but also... Uh, a large period of time. I love this movie. I think it is, um, in ways, an intensely personal film. I also think it's a movie that's about Hollywood. We talk a lot about that, especially as it comes up in other directors' work. But I think uh, this is a movie, and I love P.T. Anderson movies. I love them. But this one kind of just checks all the boxes. I think you would be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't think that Boogie Nights is in the top two of P.T. Anderson's films? I, I think that that, I, I would stand by that. Yeah, and I'm I mean, saying there, it, might, there might be a close distinction between three and four or two and three, but this one is is in the top two. I mean, I'm with you. This is my favorite P.T. Anderson film. But, and, and uh, you know, I know that there's so much love out there for There Will Be Blood. Sure. I also deeply love Magnolia. That's a film that I just, I mean, that Magnolia Same. feels very close to my spine. And I want us to be able to talk about Magnolia. And I would even want us to talk about There Will Be Blood, a movie that I feel like maybe on my fourth watch, I'll come around on it. We'll see. Maybe not. But but for me, Boogie Nights is the, the standard there. I just think it has all the heart and the humor and the soul and the depth and the sadness. Like it is a it is an everything movie in every single way. I mean, I also want to just, you know, I'd make an argument for Phantom Thread too, which I really I, love. I was almost going to jump in and just <laughs> I mean, say, obligatory, I have to say how much I love Phantom Thread. I mean, Phantom Thread is uh, is amazing. That's our producer, Devin. Uh, but yes, I mean, so P.T. Anderson, that's a debate that we can continue to have. It's our first P.T. Anderson so it goes on the list. Easy peasy. So far, these are, I, I'm looking at the six right now. I haven't looked at where we disagree yet, but the six are I'm going across the board, all on board with. The next one, Amy. The next one is the last film we just did, uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, we just closed out season three with this one. Spent and two hours chatting about it. Two hours <laughs> chatting about it. And, you know, as a person who is very tough on this genre that we call the superhero franchise, this transcends all of that. This film, mm -hmm. I think, is just spectacular. Like every single time I watch this film, I am completely excited by every single element of it, from like the acting, the prediction, to the storytelling, to the ideas. It's a masterful film. And I am, if we put this on, this will be our first superhero film on the list. Well, then if we put this on, can we take off Inception? Yes. 
I agree. Done. 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 Goodbye, Inception. Your mice know you. Shake your hand. Adios. Let the building fold in on you on your way out. We will now have another one of these kind of debates because we last put on the list uh, the Royal Tenenbaums in the last season of the show. And this time, we have picked definitively in our top six that the Grand Budapest Hotel should be uh, on our list. Now, I mean, I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think we talked about this movie and re-watching it, I hadn't really taken a moment to watch or think about that film after I saw it in the theater, but re-watching it with you, it does feel to me like it captures everything that is unique, interesting, and um, distinctive about Wes Anderson in a beautiful package. Uh, I have a, a real soft spot for Royal Tenenbaums because I just love the actors in it. But I think if we're talking about the Wes Anderson film, I, I, I don't think that there is, I don't think there's any argument. I love Rushmore. I love Tenenbaums. But this movie, and I would love to talk about Rushmore on this show, and I think we will, but this movie, I can easily make peace with that's the one that goes. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Do you, that makes me just blessed because I, I felt like I, I don't, I didn't know if I could sway you onto Team Grand Budapest Hotel because your love of Tenenbaums is so strong. I do love it so much. And I think what I realized is I love the performances in Tenenbaum. I think I love the movie of Grand Budapest Hotel. I think I just love the way it looks. And it that to me has become a more distinctive feature of Wes Anderson. Like the Wes Anderson of Bottle Rocket is kind of on one side and the Grand Budapest Hotel is on the other side. There's a lot of similarities there too, but that's kind of the Wes Anderson I I first fell in love with. The, that, and Rushmore, you know, there are elements, but it, like it's definitely tra- it's definitely transformed. And I think he's taken again. Performances here are amazing. It's it's kind of everything. It's it's that it's like we just talked about with P.T. Anderson. It's like it's 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 kind of a it's the whole thing. It's the whole Katamari. I yeah. Can I ask you to, yeah. to to remember this uh, rationalization for later? I will. I, I, I will. I, 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 the, the concept way, of the super Wes Anderson. Let's just let's remember that for later. Let's put I, that to I, the side. I have a feeling. I in my gut, I know why you're saying that. I don't know I you do. officially, but yes, I, I, I don't. Also, I don't. Why are you mm-hmm. saying? I guess no, I'm no, no. Just table I, it for later. I, it's not I, my I, time I, yet. I, all right, great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Very excited. <laughs> but about let me this. just at this moment yeah. say, uh, as a huge fan of Royal Tenenbaums, I kind of agree with you on this one. Okay, yeah, right. Royal Tenenbaums is my personal favorite, but uh, I would be hard pressed to argue that Grand Budapest doesn't kind of pull it all together for him. So, you know. know. This time last year, I was arguing for Royal Tenenbaums to be the Wes Anderson pick. And the episode we did on Grand Budapest really swayed me. And also rewatching the film really swayed me. Rewatching it made a difference. I think I'm officially uh, on this team. I love this. Maybe maybe I can get the whole world now to ch- to come around on the French Dispatch in a couple of years. I don't think the fresh, <laughs> French Dispatch should replace this, but I do think it's a really wonderful film. I just think that there's something really interesting also about the time that you see these films. And that that's something that I'm always wrestling with, too. It's like we talked about that uh, last year or maybe two years ago. Like a movie like Dazed and Confused was a movie that means a lot to me because of when I saw it. And I think that I'm trying to do with this show is look at it from a little bit more of a 
analytical way. Not, you know, there's emotion, but it's a little bit more like I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, the API list has a strong standard, you know, so we, we have to hold ourselves <laughs> to that. Uh, but let, um, we're going to have a lot more arguing. We don't have to go into why we yeah. agree so much because we have one more film that we definitely agree on. Yeah. And I have to say, talking about emotion, this is one of the films that I have argued about the most in my own personal life with mm-hmm. people as a as an enemy of this film, as an antagonist towards this film. My boyfriend and I did a whole podcast yelling at each other about this movie. And my boyfriend and I, God bless him, most wonderful man who's ever walked the earth, have tried to talk about in couples therapy why I don't like Blade Runner. So like we oh have a, my this is God. our relationship. But we have gotten into many fights over the years over Greece, a film that he loves. And our episode on it this year finally turned me around on that film. Wow. always felt out of step not getting it and now the world has been opened Greece is the word I love this idea because this is a movie that I wrestled with too I was like does it belong on the list and why I put it on the list was twofold I thought our conversation about it was really good and it's a movie that I would put on the list with the idea being for now uh, but I really liked our conversation our conversation, like our conversation made me enjoy all the pieces of it more. I don't know though, if it's perfect, I'm tabling that for the, for now. Like in my mind, I'm just going off of what we unpacked was a greater movie than I assumed was there. And That's I think we how both I feel exactly yeah. too. I think for years I have considered this, the movie where a girl has to wear a black leather pants in order to be cool. And our conversation about it really broke it open for me. Yes. And it and it changed. It completely changed. And it became a much deeper film that I just wanted to talk about forever. And I've never felt that way about Greece before. All right. I mean, All granted, right. I will yell to the heavens that I think the John Waters hairspray might be better. Uh, but maybe that'll come later. Maybe we'll do All that right. one. I, I, I want to say this point on Greece quickly, which is, you know, the, the original AFI 100 had a lot of musicals on it, but the current API list only has... The Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, and Cabaret as musicals currently. Uh, so this would this would up that quotient significantly, but maybe even that, it's just like, it could be Grease with an asterisk. It could just be like, we want to have another musical in here. This is the best other musical we've covered so far. Well, now we have set up all of our agreements. I want to call out that Josh and Devin also agreed with us on The Matrix, Night of the Hunter, and Boogie Nights. But that is, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> Those are the three we were all completely in sync. Yes. Uh, Josh also uh, in agreement that the Dark Knight and Grand Budapest Hotel uh, needs to be on the list, as well as Greece. So Josh, uh, very much on the same wavelength. And we'll get into all of our disagreements because there's a lot. There's a lot coming up. Uh, no, but I am so, yeah. not surprised that Devin is the enemy of the people. That the enemy of the people? <laughs> there's a lot of wrestling going on here. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. 
Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. I think the one that we should discuss first, in my mind, is the Verhoeven, right? Let's go, mm-hmm. let's talk about that because we talked about Verhoeven uh, twice, back to back. We talked about RoboCop and Starship Troopers. I had a hard time, and really it was a coin flip for me in what to pick. Uh, I picked Starship Troopers. And I picked you RoboCop. You picked RoboCop. I yeah. think I can be swayed in either direction. I felt like at the end of our conversation, we were like, oh, Starship Troopers is the is the culminate is is like I got to do everything I wanted to do. And then there's a part of me that felt like, well, Robocop was also like, oh wow, you subverted the form. Now I will say that Devin picked Robocop and uh Josh picked Starship Troopers. So we we're are exactly pretty much split on this. <laughs> yes, exactly so split. Yeah. Everybody picked it for Hoven, but it completely split the show. I love uh, that we are yeah. at least united in the fact that Verhoven needs to be on this list. Definitely. A hundred percent. I I would love to hear from you because like I said, I could be swayed. I, I think that where I locked into Starship Troopers was the scope and the style and the subversiveness of it. And uh, just like Grease, it's a movie that appears one way, but is very different. Um, and I think that it's a very smart movie and it was very, very ahead of its time. So I thought there was a lot of great things in it. And again, master at the top of his craft. That's where I was focusing, knowing that RoboCop is also a fantastic film. But yeah, who the RoboCop fans, I, I would say, tell me what you're thinking about RoboCop. Well, I mean, to me, what I was thinking is RoboCop, I would say, is the most holistically, perfectly executed of the two, mm-hmm. where like it is exactly what it wants to say. It does the thing. Like if it, if it set out to get an A on the test, it gets an A on the test of making his point about like business and commerce and military policing and pain and human suffering. Like it does all of it does everything it sets out to do. Starship Troopers is trickier because I think it's more ambitious. It's more of a, it's more of a, of a fuck you. It's more everything. And like, there is a part of my brain that is also very swayable because I, I will love an ambitious failure more than almost anything. You know, ambitious failures, directors who are like reaching so high mean the world to me. So, so there's a part of me that really wants to that was very, that was, that was really torn on this the same way that you were, because I think that Starship Troopers is, was trickier for people to get, you know, and threw a lot of people off the scent. And I love that about it. Like, I love it as a prank and I love RoboCop as a perfect film. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm very swayable. I mean, Josh, Devin, what do you what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you've heard us talk about it. Like, Go for Starship Troopers, Josh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Starship Troopers is just one of like the greatest works of satire of all time. It's just one of the one of the most perfect like let, we're not we're not going to just like, you know, make fun or poke at an opposing viewpoint. We're going to completely inhabit it and make an entire movie from that viewpoint. It's better it's, it's, than it's, Strange Love in your mind. Well, it, interesting you say that because uh, if you look for, the, I mean, we'll we'll get to strange, we'll get to my thoughts on Strangelove probably later in this episode, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. But mm-hmm. 
I yeah, I think I I think in terms of just being like a perfectly realized film and one of the best films about fascism ever made. Also, just like a great action movie, just a really a really fun, really well executed. I rewatched this movie a couple months ago. The effects are fantastic. It completely holds up. It's so watchable, and it's it you can get it on multiple levels. It's it is Verhoeven's masterpiece. Uh, okay. So two things. Starship Troopers is excellent. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just great. You definitely, I could be swayed either way as well. I would say in the, in favor of RoboCop, people got it at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, This to me says that there is something about the making of RoboCop that just nailed what it was going for perfectly. Starship Troopers took some years to uncover. Now you could argue it either way. Maybe Starship Troopers is smarter and that's why it was harder to, for people to kind of understand what it was, what it was trying to do and where it was coming from but to me that's why robocop is the is the one to pick i mean well but that but you could also say that the majority of the afi list are films that people didn't get at first like the wizard of oz and all these yeah these movies that come back right no i totally agree the second thing i would say though is that robocop is all that and it's very funny and This it's very funny and it's this action movie and it's one of the most violent movies ever made. And yet it's hysterical. There's so much going on in RoboCop. I just uh, revisiting it uh, for the show, coming back to it after a very long time away. I was like, this is this is five. This is perfect movie. Um, It just it just really works for me. I think Starship Troopers is great. I think RoboCop is the masterpiece. Well, can I say something about this? And and maybe this is a. Feel free to disagree with me, but. I think that RoboCop is a perfect American film. Right. And I think because I think it does talk a lot about policing the way that there is the way that we see our society, government. And it's a very it's a it's very much like a a, a foreigner's view of how we have law and order. And I think that that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Whereas Starship Troopers, I think, talks a lot more about a worldwide phenomenon like you know this idea of you know organizing large groups of people you know like and and by the way i don't don't know if that makes it so there is that's the reason why i think i really relate to robocop because i'm like oh wow what a beautiful and smart takedown of you know corporate america and policing and everything that happened since that movie in 1987 in many ways without a man in a robo robot suit has come true. You know, there's this like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, there's like, ironically, there is more humanity in RoboCop. I think Starship Troopers is, Starship Troopers is just, it's just, it's, it is kind of just a fuck you, but it's a perfectly executed fuck you. It is. Totally. Uh, We have not agreed on, (laughs) I know, any understanding here whatsoever. (laughs) No, I know. Well, I think that they're both really good movies. It's a hard, it's like, it's a fine line, I think, to, to pull. And I think I, in my mind, I was thinking that Starship Troopers is going back to that idea. Is that the masterpiece? Is that the fully realized version of of this director? Right? Is this like is that him getting kind to of in everything? the way you were saying about uh, yeah PT, or a West yeah. yeah 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 I, I don't That's know. That's true. Is it the leap? Is it is it similar to that same leap? You know, like that well, you love again, Royal Tenenbaums, but there's you know, for P.T. Anderson though. We are kind of saying uh-huh. that Boogie Nights is the one kind of with the most energy out of the gate is maybe the one that that is going to sustain. So we're kind of looking at it from either direction. So that's not necessarily a yardstick right, we can because, use to solve this question. Yeah. Because I do think that like Starship Troopers has been a movie that has, like you said, it's come back and yeah. into the culture. So I wonder if maybe this is a decision that we leave for our listeners. Cause I think this is like, we like, I'm happy with either one. I don't think, 
I'm not going to lose respect or think one is less. I, I'm just really split. For me, I'm just really split on that one. Yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. exactly the same way. I mean, I think this is when we do need to phone a friend. And my friend, I yeah. mean, everybody listening. Because, <laughs> yeah. We need more input, like Johnny Five. Yeah, we got to get Johnny Five in there. Uh, oh, yeah, where is Short Circuit? Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to get well, at least one of them on there. <laughs> yeah, one uh, of the two. All right. Well, you know what, Amy? You know, we did talk a lot about superheroes in this series that we just did this last year. We talked about heroes and villains. And there were... Uh, a few different types of superheroes. We already talked about how we are putting the Dark Knight on the list, but you and I both picked two other superhero films. Uh, we did. To, yes. A second superhero film. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so talk about what you picked. Yeah. I picked the OG 1978 Superman because I just think that film has so much heart and so much soul. I am completely obsessed every single time I watch that movie with Margot Kidder and her Lois Lane and just the vibe that she brings to that film, the sharpness, the funniness, the toughness, the 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 fact that this movie is so epic in scale in a way that I tend to forget until I sit down and watch it again. Like the 45 minutes, nearly an hour that we spend on Krypton with Marlon Brando, the glowing suits, you know, the the real tragedy of like watching them put their young son in the spaceship and blast off like the gravitas that this film has. I feel like it enters like it is a film that thinks it's going to change the film landscape forever. And I think in so many ways it did and people couldn't match it. Like the, the perfect casting of Christopher Reeve as Superman. I don't know that any film has cast a super character that well until something like Heath Ledger and the Joker. Like he just is that character in a way that I think haunted him for the rest of his career. But he brings the sweetness, the toughness, the 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 taking a guy's gun and bending it in half, the everything. And like I am just sucked into this movie every single time, especially when like Superman is flying through the air with Lois Lane and she's talking to him and she's saying like just saying all of these thoughts and wondering if he can read her mind and it is so romantic. Like I think part of my problem with most superhero movies is they're lacking either brains or a soul or both usually. And this one has both of them. And so to me, the first one out of the gate did it the best. Oh, sorry. Were you talking about Iron Man? (laughs) (sighs) Because what you just said, what you just said could have been uh, uh, a full-throated endorsement for Iron Man. Let, no, there say. is no soul in a Robert Downey Jr. Iron oh, Man. That guy I is all I totally he is all disagree with I that. Wouldn't go, I wouldn't no, go that come on. far. They're going to make him far. cry in the last Iron Man movie and be two, like, yes. oh, I could have had a daughter. No, come on. The guy is Iron all, two, he's you're a quip a, machine. The guy is like one of those buttons no. you see at it, Hot Topic that tells you a stupid That's joke. on the no. surface. That's like the Bruce Wayne yes, character. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, yes. I don't think the romance between... Between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is as good as the I agree. one depicted I, yeah, between yes. Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve. But Thor Love and Thunder, now let's now. talk about that. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> now, Superman is one, the one that Amy and yes. I agreed on. Um, I will say, I think everything she just said is absolutely 100% true. And I would add Gene Hackman uh, as Lex mm-hmm. Luthor and Miss Tessmacher and Ned Beatty. I mean, just... That every little element that is in that movie, it, apart from even just Superman and Lois Lane, is so good. Uh, it's 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 exciting. The music's great. Every character is awesome. The it's funny. It is really romantic and and a little bit sexy. You kind of love Christopher Reeve and, and Lois Lane. You want them to to get together. It's like I can feel that even now watching it. I'm like, oh, these two. You get a little like hearts in your eyes for. It. I love that movie. I I agree with Amy. I don't think it's really been beaten. Okay. 
Here's what I'm going to say about this. Uh, because <laughs> I truly love Superman. I am a Superman stan. I love Superman 1 and Superman 2. I am not only a Superman fan, I'm a Richard Donner fan. So yeah. I'm going to lead with my first thought, which is there probably is a better Richard Donner picture to go on this list. If you say Goonies, I'm getting off this. this no, right now. I wouldn't say Goonies, but I think that there's a better Richard Donner movie. I think there might be. I don't want to get into that conversation because that put me pull us down a road. I think that we talk about this a lot on this show. Set the tone, set the model. And I think a lot of people have gone forward and done very interesting versions using that model. And I, I think you could make a really interesting argument for Tim Burton's first Batman. I think yeah. you can make a, you know, I think you can make an argument again for Robert Downey. Like it, the romance may not be there, but there's been a lot of DNA out there for great superhero movies that have that this, this set the tone. Obviously it set the tone. I think it looks great. I love the purity of it. People haven't really been able to crack Superman, but I do think people have been able to crack a superhero movie. We're in a glut of them right now. So there was a part of me, and this is why I chose something different. This is my, my two came down to this. Because I love, and believe me, I am, I'll talk about, I have all these movies in them. Every version that came out, I got them all. So you don't have to convince me it's a great movie. I know it's a great movie. But I thought, if we're talking about movies that really made a difference in the superhero genre, and I'm going to put Matrix as a superhero movie too, to a certain extent, uh, I'm going to say it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And the reason why is because just like Superman, uh, that movie redefined something in a really interesting way. It kind of took animation to a different level. It it uh, paid an homage to comic books. It it I think it does have heart. I think it does have... Uh, these really cool concepts. I think it it made us look at animation differently. And I think everything that you've seen since has an influence of this movie. And I think Spider-Man, there's a ton of Spider-Man movies and a lot of great Spider-Man movies. But this one, in this moment, I was like, wow, that's that may be just looking at it from a technical and everything you said, casting, emotional, it worked for me. I'm like, that's that to me may be more interesting. We don't have that many animated films on this list. That's a little bit more adult. That's a little bit more interesting. So that's where I had my push pull of Spider-Man versus Superman. I was like, ah, oh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't put on something that figured out how to break the genre, not just by putting a character that curses or making it super violent. It was like, oh no, we made a movie that looks different, feels different, pays an homage to where it came from, but also had everything that we like. And and also, I think in many ways, has done the multiverse the best out of anybody. And 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 so that that's where uh, that's where I, I landed on Spider-Man. I'm gonna have to disagree with the last thing that you're saying because I don't think anybody else does it as well. And I mean, sure, there's like superhero movies that share like Superman's DNA, but we're talking like limping mutant things that might have a couple fragments Tim of the Burton's DNA, Batman, but are not, not as good that. as that thing. Well, I love Matrix, Tim Burton's Batman. Matrix, not as good as that. I love Tim Burton's Batman, but here's my argument. We're clearly not going to put Tim Burton's Batman on this list if we have the Dark Knight on the list. Maybe. And I would say if we're doing a Burton, I would probably rather do Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. Probably. Like that or might Ed be Wood my big, or, or there's so Ed many Wood. interesting ones in that yeah. area. Yeah, well, I would I'm just pick saying one that, of the yeah. pure pure Burtons over the Batman, anyways. So to me, that part of the argument is moot. 
Um, but I will agree with you that I love the animation in Spider-Verse. I think it's super exciting. I think it's super cool. It doesn't pain me to imagine a world where this movie is on the list. But when it comes down to the, like, when it came down to the two, it was very clearly Superman for me. I love Spider-Verse. My struggle with it is I'm not even sure it's the best Spider-Man movie. And mm-hmm. if we ever do one huh. of the rabies, uh, I could see, I could see it getting on there. Yeah. I definitely thought of the two as like it was one or the other for my list. It was either Spider-Verse or Superman, which speaks to how much I love Spider-Verse. I, I saw yeah. that in the theater. I, I can remember... I went with my uh, stepmom when I was home for Christmas the year that came out. And she was like, oh, let's go see this. I was like, yeah, hey, it should probably be fun. Like legitimately a half hour into it, just jaw on the ground. I was like, what am I even looking at? This is incredible. Like just in terms of spectacle, that that movie's astounding. And the art behind it is incredible. I just, I think Superman, I don't know. It's magic. It's a magical movie. I definitely don't. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree with it. Like I don't, dis- like I, I'm not, I can't really argue against Superman. I'm putting a fake fight up between these two movies. Right. And, I, and I'm saying, well, both of these movies did something the first, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that, and I will say that, like, you know, Bob Parachetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, you know, did the same thing. I know it's tricky. Oh, and it's like, oh, and this well, is, yeah. Let me muddy the waters even more, though, then. Because I agree with you that we do need more animation on this list. However, there's an animated film I put on the list that you did not. Uh, that is also brilliantly experimental. Change the game. Change oh, the way people thought of it. And, and you could even argue is maybe a little bit of a superhero story too. Uh, I guess. Uh, and that's Akira. You did not put Akira on your list. No, because so many people agreed with me that it was overrated. It was uh, a movie that that I thought I was going to be eaten alive by uh, social media in the world. And it really, I think what what I came to realize with Akira, and this is actually something that I don't feel with Superman, but it was of its time. And when you saw it and the emotional attachment that you had to it, I am blown away by it. I respect it. I think it's amazing. I wonder if... It's worthy. I mean, you could, I could be, I know everyone's like, of course, you got to put a cure on that list. But is there better films in that genre? I don't know. I think there might be. I mean, there's a lot of anime that we do have left to explore. Although I will say, weirdly, you know, I've told you that I have the world's most boring dreams on the planet. Most of my dreams are like, I'm trying to look up something on my phone and my thumbs don't work. And I'm just mistyping things. And they're the worst dreams. The worst dreams ever. Hate them. But last night, maybe because of this conversation, I had a dream that I was late to go to the radio this morning. And I was like speeding on a motorcycle to get there on the 101. And I did an Akira slide in my dream, which makes me, I've never, I've never done anything that badass in a dream in my life. I also had cell phone dreams last night, but I had that one too. And and maybe that is the God saying, I at least need to put up some sort of a fight. Well, no, I appreciate that. I want to also talk about one other thing too which is representation, right? Like that's something that I think is important uh, on this list that we make. You know, like I think a lot of the times when you think of superheroes, you think of white people for the most part. Like, yes, there's been Black Panther. There are, in the last couple of years, there's been a push, yes, to start to be like, let's see faces that are recognizable to our entire culture. I also think that, you know, when we are making this list, like how many white heroes do we need? And not that this is a back to the Superman argument versus the Spider-Man argument. Akira is not 
uh, a white face. But it's uh, I do think it's important to think about that, too, in the grand scheme of we don't like we only are having limited things. And I, I am making an argument that The Matrix and Superman are very similar uh, in the sense of it's, you know, it's a hero origin story. Uh, and I think, you know, that one is pushing, you know, it's hard. It's hard to make these distinctions because we are dealing in in the same landscape essentially i mean how you know how different can you make a superhero art origin story i mean that's a big debate like like even josh was saying like are there better spider-man movies it might be uh but but yeah i was talking to grant morrison this week on stage because grant you know the the great comic book writer has a new novel coming out called luda that's about like the flattening of like gender and identity and grant was saying that they think they've come to the end of the idea of the heroic journey. Why do stories have to fit in this template of the heroic journey? And what's next after that? Because it is it is a story model that I think is incredibly limiting. And we see it over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I think Star Wars did more than any film to like ground it into the firmament of how we tell stories and what we think a big movie is supposed to look like. And I would, I agree with you. I would love to break past this because it's just a very European way of telling stories well, that I'm bored with. And well, I would also argue that that's what Spider-Verse does. They kind of are, it's a meta like idea. It, it is an origin story, but it's like kind of wrapped in a, they deconstruct it while also like playing into everything that we expect and then subverting it like without undercutting it. Um this is, a, this is an interesting conversation because I also am not just saying like, well, just because it's different, it needs to be on there. But I do think it like it is important for us to be like thinking about these movies. And these are hard. This is this is a hard list. Let's like like, like let's just put a pin in some of this stuff. We can come back because I, I think it's it's tough to debate unless we're giving up things. But let's maybe see. Before we move off animation yeah. and representation, my 13th cut was Porco Rosso. And oh, I, don't, okay. I, I could ultimately justify it, but uh, I do strongly think a Miyazaki needs to be on this list. I, I do too. Prob- probably not. Probably not. For sure. Way. Yeah. I do too. I'm glad we did Porco Rosso. Yeah. That I love Porco I Rosso. I think it's just not the one. It was clear we need to do more. I mean, the audience, it, you know, they were happy to hear us talk about it. And I really think that's a cool movie. And it was uh, I love that conversation you guys had about it. But it's clear we ha- we have to do a couple more for sure. Absolutely. So yeah. this is a very like, this is a thorny subject. And by the way, I'm also open to putting a few more on the list and coming back to things, too. Like, you know, we don't have to we could maybe not agree. We could disagree and, and you know, slap them on if we don't if we don't I mean, really fight it all, you know. Like That's I would true. give you Akira if you give me Spider Man, and or you know, or I give you Superman if we give him Spider Man. Like, like I'm open to, I'm open to some thoughts. I'm open to like not having to kill one of our babies to get a few more on the list, and we can always prune later. Oh, that's tricky because now in my head I'm thinking if 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 I gave you Spider Man and you gave me the pick of Superman and Akira, I don't know which one I would pick. Ooh, interesting. Mm. Oh, why'd you have to put me in this spot, man? (laughs) Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, 
Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Well, I want to I want to throw one out again. We're having a hard, like this is these are all really hard. Harder. We always think this is going to be an easy episode to do, but it's hard. I'm confounded, Amy. Con Founded that you did not put uh, that you did not put adaptation on your list, um, because why? Why would you oh. not put? Because because you like because you like uh, Synecdoche. Yeah, because I, I prefer Synecdoche, New York, of all of the Charlie Kaufman films. I, like I love that film. That so that you deeply. are you are Royal Tenenbaumings that right now. That's I what am. you are doing. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I want to say at this point that Amy can expect me to ride with her on that one. I love Schenectady. I do too. I love that movie so I much. love it too, but is that the perfect Charlie Kaufman movie? Well, we already have Eternal Sunshine on the list. Okay. We do already have Eternal Sunshine. That is yeah. true. You know, different director, etc. But I mean, it's like, uh, that. you know, you kind of do have to pick one of those, I would yeah. say. Oh, no, I'm, that's tough because I just think Synecdoche is the most ambitiously beautiful film ever made. And we haven't we haven't covered it yet on the show, so we, we don't have to get quite into that. But yet. But also, just, just Molly is you. saying John Malkovich is being John Malkovich the best. Well, I, 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 I prefer being John Malkovich as a Spike Jones movie over adaptation. Mm. And I, I think I even prefer her as I a Spike Jones her. movie yeah. over right, adaptation. I will drop adaptation. I'm I am letting it go because I that argument has let me go. Yeah, I, I can be swayed that much. I love adaptation. I thought it was great, but let's too. drop it. Uh, and Amy, uh, I've I've officially let one go off of my other list. All right. Uh, no oh, one no, else. Now ag- yeah. <laughs> now I feel like whatever I say next will be the one that I officially let no, go. I'm no, scared. no, 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 no. I, cause I also okay. have some, I have some, I have some arguments here too. All right. Well, I will, I will go back into and I'll drop another one into the mix to have us all argue. No one put this on the list. I'm the only one and I want to hold firm to it. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. We don't have a lot of comedy on this list at all. We have some. We only have an argument that we made. Monty Python is arguably one of the most defining comedic voices. I would say this is their best movie. I would disagree. Uh, oh, really? You'd say Life of Brian? Yes, I would say Life of Brian. Maybe we have That's really? the only reason I didn't put it on my list. You okay. know, I'm a gigantic Monty Python yeah. fan. I, I have the Holy See, Grail always, literally memorized, but Life of I Brian. Always, is it better? I always thought yeah. Life of Brian was worse. No. Life All of right. Brian is just as funny, I would say, and it's, um, it's the coherent movie that they made. It's the one movie that is a sketch film which transcends being a sketch film and truly has a plot from beginning to end. I, I think every sketch in Life of Brian kind of serves a purpose to make a point. And Holy Grail, it's doing that, but they're just mucking around in Holy Grail. There are bits that are just fu- there because they're funny, um, which but is would fine. You ar- would you argue, though, mm. 
if, if you're using your Starship Troopers RoboCop argument, right. that because Monty Python is more of a, a hit and a classic, like a one that people go to. Holy Grail is kind of that. Yeah, for sure. But but no, I mean, I, I maybe that's just a difference between how they're seen in the U.S. versus the U.K. Yes. In the U.K., everyone kind of it's just like assumed like, well, yeah, Life of Brian's their masterpiece. Uh, OK, I, it see, is? that's really it's, interesting. It's the one that's on Criterion, too. OK, and Holy Grail never has. Been, oh, OK. You know, and that's sort of I have to rewatch it. I haven't rewatched there. it since I was a kid. So oh, it's wonderful. All well, right. I'll say this, though. I, I very nearly put Holy Grail on my list. I came very, 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 very within like a hairbreadth. I think if I had put on 13 films, the 13th would have been Monty Python. So I am not opposed to putting it on the list with an asterisk and saying we'd also like to watch Life of Brian to be sure. Yeah, I think cool that, that too. I, I am I'm very cool with that and saying that that would go either way. I'm very uh, let's do it. Let's do that. I think that's a that's a good one because I think they need to be represented on this list. And, but we and, did uh, talk about maybe doing uh, movies that are around like religion or the founding of them yes. or something next year maybe. And I think we should earmark Life of Brian to absolutely include because we should check it because I like that, that. would be fun. Yeah. All right, oh, Amy. that'd be fun. And I'd love to do Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. There's so many good uh, ones. Yeah. Oh, right, and so the musical. Okay well, the, okay, well, then I'll say this. Blair Witch Project. The woods around Halloween time is a creepy enough phenomenon. I don't, think, I don't want to go about... cheesy. I want to really avoid any cheese. I want to present this in as straightforward a way as possible. And I think the legend is unsettling enough. I put this on the list. I wrestled with this You one. did not put this on the list. I think this film is a landmark. I think this film gets dumped on for starting a trend that was terrible in terms of found footage of horror films. But I think this movie in particular is a masterpiece. I love that when we revisited it this year, we got to talk about it through the lens of being a film about a bunch of guys working for a female director, which mm -hmm. is one of the aspects that I feel like has always gotten overlooked. But that's really what the core of this is. Two guys who don't trust that the woman in charge is leading them in the right direction. And her feeling so stressed out, needing to excel, needing to prove to them that she's got it, that she leads them deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods. I totally missed, I feel like, the the really complicated interpersonal subtext that these actors came up with basically on their own, improving it in the woods. I don't think we've had a film that just revolutionized horror in my lifetime besides this one that like shook up how horror looked, shook up how horror was marketed. Everybody watched, everybody had to have a point of view on it. It like, it rattled them. This is a movie that your grandma would have heard of. Everybody knew about the Blair Witch. I wrestled with and this movie. You don't have to convince me. I'm happy to put it on the list. I, 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 yeah, because uh, that was because, a scare of joy, uh, not yeah. terror. No, because honestly, the truth is, is like I had those same arguments, and I was like, oh well, how many horrors are we going to put on the list? But I, but yeah, again, I was really killing babies with this one. So I like I, I'm very happy to put that on the list. It's a it, tough one. I yeah, I do yeah. think the Blair Witch Project's a masterpiece. But the the horror series we did at the beginning of this season just happened to cover a number of like the greatest horror movies of all time. Yes. And I had to make a couple really hard calls. Well, this actually but, uh, is a good I, point yeah. because I wrestled with it as well. And Devin and Josh, you both put The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre on your list. And those are movies that I also, I was like, I got to put The Exorcist in. I was like, do I, do I have to? I don't know. And then I was like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on my list. It was off my list. I, I Those three and I think what I did was I just pulled out of all. I was like, never. I'm not going to put any. Like, I, I just, it was a hard debate. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I felt exactly the same way. Like, I, my, mine, when I wound up narrowing itself down to Blair Witch and Texas Chainsaw as just like horror films that, you know, were just completely unlike anything anybody had ever seen in that point. 
And I felt like for some reason I could only choose one. I don't know why, but I when felt I, the same. I think you're, came, I think you're yeah. right. I, I, that's ba- that was yeah. basically my logic too. Is like in terms of just being like a truly just like raw, pure terror kind of like horror movie and, and like indie horror movie. Those those kind of have a little bit of the same DNA, although yeah. Blair Witch is innovative on the mockumentary angle. Uh, but but Texas Chainsaw kind of did it first. It is I don't probably maybe scarier. I think it's scarier and yeah. just like in terms of just like pure pure raw like oh god this movie fucked me up i don't think anything competes with it and raw filmmaking of texas chainsaw yeah. too that's the thing yeah. i mean i know blair witch is also but there's just something because texas chainsaw the, the interesting thing about it is it's not that gory like when right. when you watch it things happen off things are suggested things aren't really focused on it's the it's the it's the way the movie ma- is made that's brutal. It looks brutal, and so you, you're you're afraid of like the movie. That that is so powerful to me. I, I, I would I argue this. Yeah. I would argue this. Mm. And Amy, you're gonna get upset with me. Oh no. Um, while <laughs> don't make me turn into a witch in the woods. I know where you while, live. <laughs> while while Blair Witch started this trend, I agree with you. No one has topped it. Paranormal, sure, but. It was it a trend so that really. Those movies are so boring. Okay, I okay. I, 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 I'm not. I wasn't saying that they. I'm saying that's the close. It actually proves my point. Mm-hmm. No one's come close to it. It's not a trend that took off. So it is a unique film. Whereas Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I mean, you can see the the energy of that all the way up until this year with X. Uh, you know, Ti West's movie yeah, that's now becoming yeah. a new trilogy. Uh, I do think that there is something more universal about the effects. Like I feel like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie that has more effect on cinema than Blair Witch, where Blair Witch is a really well-executed idea and concept and style, but it's singular, right? And that maybe, and that's an argument. Could you say that's what we should put on there? Or should you say you should put the film that is, like in the grand scheme of things, if you could only watch one movie, if it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Blair Witch, I would give you Texas Chainsaw Massacre only because I think it's more indicative of what horror films are. Whereas Blair Witch is a subversion of it, a breaking of it, like a, a breaking of the fourth wall. It's sort of like, hey, we know all this stuff that you know, so let's try to mess around with it. So, That's I mean, that, 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 you know, I would argue yeah. that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because that was something I really, I really was like, I really want to put it on there. And I was like, is it good filmmaking? I think it is. I just think it's too, I don't know. I really like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, I, I think I really admire Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I really love Blair Witch Project. I think mm-hmm. I agree with everything Devin is saying about the way that Texas Chainsaw makes you feel. And to me, Texas Chainsaw feels so important because of that. And yet, if I'm alone in a dark house, Blair Witch is the one that I will lose my mind watching. Like Blair Witch, I find so just like primal chilling. Um, and it's tough because in a way we're talking about two films that I think are really, really similar and that they were done by outsiders with almost no money. And it was viral word of mouth that made them take off. And these are films that were just made for the dangerous thrill of it all, which is why I guess there isn't room for both of them. It, it, yeah, me, me, I, it was only yeah. it was only Texas Chainsaw by a hair. I could easily be swayed. I could too. I love Blair Witch, but I, I just, there's something, right, well then, something about the down and dirty Texas Chainsaw that I'll always kind of I'll just well, respect it forever. I love well, that about it. There's something interesting because Amy, on your list of picks, and I don't mean to reveal it for you, but I think it figures into this conversation. You also picked the Cabinet of Doctor Calgary, which yeah. is you know let's, let's put, if we're putting it under horror. And I just looked at our API list. There isn't a lot of horror there. Science of the Lambs pretty much is is the big one. Uh, 
Which is funny because we talk about so much horror. We're gonna, we're, yeah. I mean, it's no spoiler. We're gonna be doing another guess, yeah. another horror film series this year. We love horror films. And that's funny to hear that we have so few because I think that's part of my anxiety this year is I was like, am I going to make this list too horror heavy? Which is why mm-hmm. I really only said Blair Witch and then Cabinet, which I feel like is just all on its own in its own category almost. I know. It's very hard. This is a hard list to find an agreement to. Because I was going to say, well, would you put Blair? I would put Blair Witch and and Texas Chainsaw Massacre both on the list in a way because I think that they're both very different. But then, are you disregarding Calgary? But <sighs> that's another. That's that that particular matchup is another one that could be could be a listener listener tiebreaker. Yeah, like I, I put three up to the, you know what horror film do you think belongs on the list? I'm very fine with that because I think that like again, I'd be happy with all of it. Uh, those three I'd feel very good about. Any I mean, of those I'll say three. this: I love Caligari deeply. But for some reason, having Night of the Hunter on this list makes it a little easier for me to say goodbye to Caligari if we have to, mm-hmm, because yeah. at least that type of expressionism is represented on this list. And I will probably continue to be throwing like some of my favorite silent films, especially some of my favorite German films at this list, because there's a world of like Fritz Lang we still need to like get into like M and stuff. Yeah. So I can put Caligari aside since we haven't even done like Metropolis. I mean, my God. The, I mean, right. This is like one of my favorite decades, but I do agree we should probably put Blair Witch and Texas Chainsaw against each other. Although I do worry because people's, I feel like Blair Witch is still in that arc of its history where it's considered a dumb joke and a meme and the girl is snot out of her face. I do feel like the internet won't be fair to it unless they go back and actually rewatch that movie. Mm-hmm. But oh, well, now life yeah. isn't fair. So who am I to say? <laughs> well, as we are talking about not fair, this is going to be a hard one for me to argue, but I've been talking about this, stumping for this since season one. Jackass. The Jackass movies, everything that you said about Blair Witch, I would, I could also easily take over to Jackass and saying like, here's something that has never been done before or it has been done. It's an evolution. It's it went, We went from Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. I mean, who were making films, but really, I mean, when you look at some of the Buster Keaton stuff, it's stunts, right? It's stunts. And it's like, here is something that not only captures the imagination, but every time it comes out over the last 20 years, it is continues to get this energy and excitement. It's something so uniquely different. No one else has done it. Well, I think people have tried to do it, but this is something that I see the arguments. Well, it's not really a film, but it did come out in a theater. It's a great theater film. Like it is a, it is a movie that like you could watch. And in many ways, my argument sometimes with silent movies are sometimes the shorts are better than the full pieces. It's like, cause I felt like the full pieces were kind of drooping in the middle. And this is all a bunch of shorts. I mean, it's just a bunch of funny, dumb stunts. There's not a plot. There's no, you know, There is something about those movies that I think are, that is incredibly special. And we're looking at diversity across the board of like, what is possible with cinema, right? Like if we're we're opening that, it's not even like the greatest movies. It's like, show me like the widest palette of color choices I could have, you know, to paint a picture. And it's like, I think you got to put Jackass on there. I don't think there's anything that we've done that's close to that to be like, that's a movie that came out in the theater and was giant. It was a hit and it was a hit again and it was a hit again, you know, and it just, they, there is something about that franchise that I think is worthy of saying, wow, they took silent films 
And they, they, in a way, I mean, I know it's like not truly, but it is in a way. It's paying homage. It's that same idea, like oh, like that visceral yeah. reaction. I mean, it's almost like those somewhat hyped up stories of people going into the movie theater, seeing a train coming at them and losing their yes, mind. Yes, I was thinking about that. Yeah, it's because you're just like, what are they doing in cinema? That can't be possible. I'm very empathetic to this argument because I deeply also love the Jackass franchise, but, but. I mean, which one would we put on? Because Jackass 1, I think, isn't either of our personal favorites. No, I know. I was kind of thinking of them as a, a, we've put on, we've put packets on, right? We've I think we've put like the, yeah, all of Yeah, we have the, the Star Wars trilogy the, or the something. The Star Wars yeah. trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the yeah. list is single right. And okay. the Godfather trilogy, actually. Yeah. Okay. So if we packetize them. Yeah. If we just say the Jackass films. The jackasses, the jackasseries, yeah, the, the jackassaw, jackasswalk. <laughs> because there's something about, like, I will just say, in all my time and seeing film, you know, from a kid to now, that is truly the most visceral and fun experience I have had in a theater. Like, it is hands down wonderful. Like, it is, like, it, like, it is. I don't know. I just never had seen anything like it. And it is real. You know, I, I don't know. There is something about it. I know it's like, it's not an elevated choice. It's not a cool, like, it's not like a, it's not a cinephile choice. It probably won't be on anyone else's list. But I also feel like you can't deny what it is and what it captures about our society. I mean, we are a society that, and by the way, I think culturally, People love pranks. People like, these are pranks on mm-hmm. themselves, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, but I don't know. There's something about it. For well, like, for pranks or for, or for even just for stunts, it kind of occupies a similar spot in my head to, uh, to like Super Cop or the other two yeah. story movies. If it's like, that's what it makes me think of is the experience of watching a Jackie Chan movie in the theaters where you're like, oh, he is about to die if this doesn't go well. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. something about that that is super thrilling and is, like you say, fundamental to movies, you know, because of people like Buster Keaton and, and uh, Harold Lloyd doing that stuff back at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't argue against it. I, w- I would actually love the idea of us having a list that has, you know, whatever, do the right thing, Godfather 2 and Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that pleases me. Something's got to stand up, stick up, stand up for represent slapstick. But I don't know. I mean, there are or like or like those kind of death defying stunts. But I do feel like there are maybe other other ones we haven't covered. Because, yet. I mean, you'll think about like you'll talk about like, uh, you know, Buster Keaton and go like, oh, well, he's doing that train sequence. Like you talk about like a lot of the times when you talk about these great pieces, you're talking about great pieces. Charlie Chaplin's different. But like you're talking about stunts and there is something about these are stunt like these are these are amazing stunts there's no cgi there's nothing there i it's just an interesting argument to represent the popular choice too every now and then like what is you know we want to be a list i'm not arguing for fast and furious right now but i'm like but you know but i'm (laughs) like and i'm not not yet but uh but no i don't think i ever would you know but i like uh and i would same thing with like the avengers and stuff like that i love those movies i do love those movies i don't think they are as defining 
like popcorn movies, you know, I don't think they're as defining as that. Like, I, 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 I think I have a good enough line to understand, like, why, yes, I love Crank, but I don't think that Crank belongs on this list, you know? I mean, not when Crank 2 I mean, is Crank right two there. Is, Crank yeah. Two, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I was already regretting it as I said it. All of us at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Comparing Jackass to Buster Keaton or, or Jackie Chan, I, there is a little bit of a distinction of, like, with those films or those guys, it's like, wow, how did they do that? And with Jackass, it's not quite that. It's more like, why did they do that? Or like, why would you, why well, would you because, put right, in Well, because, right, because it's sort of like, I think the difference is Jackie Chan's trying to save somebody who's captured and he's trying to get to the train so he jumps onto a helicopter. Right. Here, like, if Johnny Knoxville jumped onto a helicopter and flew over a city, you're like, what is he doing? It's so stupid. But <laughs> right. you just say, like, oh, well, it's on the it's in the service of this, like, plot like i mean it's like it means more like you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. it is the same thing it's like that's why kind of she, what i was saying yeah yeah like she's jumping a uh, michelle yo is jumping a motorcycle onto a moving train if steve-o was doing that you'd be like, you fucking idiot but because the movie you're doing it's so cool it's like it's yeah. like it is like what's the difference it's still dumb stunts it's like they are doing things that are not smart you know what i mean like you know like it's they, but it is. It's it is. It's acrobatic. It's it's functional. I, I I I would argue also, if we're talking about an international list, which I know it's hard to say. This you put those jackass movies on. That's gonna go all over the world. That no one, everyone gets hmm. what's going on with jackass. There's no, you don't need language to understand Jackass. Like the aliens might get it. <laughs> I, that's, I truly, I mean, and, and not that we have to make every decision like this, but it is no to have a universal, a, a truly universal experience. Like everyone could watch that. And I've shown bits to my kids of Jackass. Like, you know, not all of it, obviously, but like, like little things. And it's like, it is, it can capture a kid and capture an old people and the person. And I think it's also one of those things where, people don't get too bent out of shape when they see dicks and stuff like that too in these movies. It's like, you know, you could watch somebody older, like, oh, but like there is still like, oh, there is that. Like that is like, there's a fun to it and they are bringing a fun to it. It's not mean-spirited, like they're trying to hurt each other. They're doing it to themselves. They're volunteering for it. They are, you know, I don't know. There's something I about it. I think you may have to offer Amy a trade. All right. I think. In, well, in a, yeah. You may, you may. You may have to offer me two. Uh, one, this conversation is reminding me that I am dissatisfied with the one Buster Keaton that we have on this list, the Mm -hmm. general, Mm -hmm. because that is my least favorite Buster Keaton of his like big ones. And you're reminding me that we should do at least one more Buster Keaton to see if we can swap the general off with something else. Uh, so that's my first horse trade. Do you agree? Happy to swap off the general. Okay, good. My second one is in exchange for maybe doing a stunt based yeah, series, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I think yeah, would be really yeah. cool to do. Get yeah. Hooper in there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do another. I'd love to do another like Jackie Chan. See if we could get a Jackie Chan Definitely. in there. Yeah. yeah. My second, my second trade is this: Are we going to be the podcast? Then the course of five minutes is going to say the Jackass films are going on the list, but my last pick that you did not vote for, Jane Campion's The Piano, is not. Is this the is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> Absolutely. I, wow, you're I, just Knoxville. You're Knoxville in a straight show now. You're just I, yeah. for the pain. I, by the way, I will say this. I wrestled with the piano as well. I think it's a beautiful movie. I really did enjoy it. Uh, but it, it, I know you really like it. I don't wow, know your silence movies. speaks volumes, just like Holly Hunter. Wow. Nice. Um, 
I mean, I'd love this movie as like a film about like the most confounding female protagonist who just exists to be there in her own world. Like she she is who she is. Nobody can understand her. It's a whole film about people just trying to get inside this woman's head and failing and she just won't do it. Her absolute like maddening stubbornness that I think kind of parallels Jane Campion herself and her whole career. I think the piano is so, so, so much better than The Power of the Dog, which won the Oscar this year. And she's just a... She's a tough old lady who made a tough film about another tough lady. And I I adore this movie. And I thought it was really beautiful and sexy and romantic. And you get Harvey Keitel as like a sexy lead. You're going to tell me that you don't want sexy Keitel on this list? Uh, Well, wait until you get Bad Lieutenant. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sexiest. Um, I'm not against putting it on the list. I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on the list. You will. You're going to give me my full horse. I like the idea of putting those both on at the same time. Jackass and the piano together? Yes. Yes. I love that. Are we going to combine them to the Jackass pianery or something? (laughs) And then, you know, I think... Are you going to say, oh, I mistyped penis and I accidentally wrote uh, the piano? The penis gets caught in the piano. Uh, (laughs) All right, so I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because I can't can't argue against it. And I'm looking at Jane Campion's other films and there's no other one that's going to get on there. And I do think that she should be represented. And I think that movie is a big movie. And I really did enjoy it. Uh, but I didn't love it as much as you, but you also converted me. That was a conversation where you converted me to the punk rock nature of it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that. All right. So then my final one uh, that we have not discussed yet. Um, and before we discuss the final one that I have on my list, I want to talk about the one that uh, both Devin and Josh have on their list that I think is interesting. Uh, oh, two, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, there, there are two more we both agreed on. Yeah. RRR. RRR was very much a movie that I wanted to put on this list, but I used the Amy litmus test of saying, I got to give it a little bit more time. Just because I am blown away, I loved it, but it's the same reason why we didn't put Get Out on this list. It was just sort of like, just give it a beat. Give it a beat. I'm happy to give it a beat. I don't think I'll go away from... I. Everything, every reason why you put it on the list is exactly why I want it on the list, but I was just giving it a beat. That's That was my issue. I had, I had that same litmus test yeah. in mind, but I also uh, thought about the other litmus test we're talking about, which is representation. The fact that we have yeah. no, Indi- no yeah. Indian films on this list. I, I'm not saying this is the definitive Bollywood film by any means necessarily. I'm not nearly enough of an expert on Indian films to say that. Uh, but in terms of something that feels like it is truly pushing just the action blockbuster forward in ways they've never seen. I think I think it really it really scores on that count. It's just, it is the most absolutely the most thrilling movie I've seen in theaters this year. It's probably going to be my favorite movie of 2022. There's still some big heavy hitters coming ne- next, but uh man, I I just I'm okay. I'm okay taking my taking my big swing here. This was my big swing. I'm putting it here. Maybe it'll look dumb in a, in a year or two, but I, I feel really good about having it on the list. Yeah. I, I too was concerned about uh recency bias, etc., and I took the steps to watch it a second time uh, just to double check. And no, I was right. It is a banger. That movie is fantastic. I, I, I love it. There's I'm happy to no element. Hap- I don't love. <laughs> I'm happy to throw it on the list. I just wanted to give it that. The reason why we didn't put get out on the list was very similar. So I wanted to, and I think I get mean, out still holds up. I, I also think get out, you know, is great. I love Nope uh, very much, but uh, I mean, I still don't think get out is that great. Ah! <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's not worry about yeah. Get Out, though. All right. Yeah, sorry. Well, in, but, in, yeah. in terms of that one of RRR, I, I was thinking about it and thinking about 
yeah, like kind of what Josh said, will this look silly in 10 years, like to have been so like into it? And I just don't think it is like it's the kind of movie I can picture like like a predator or like a lethal weapon, too, that if you found it on TV at any point in that runtime, you would watch all of the rest of it. And and I think that it is definitely it definitely my favorite film of the year so far. And, and I watched uh, two other uh, S.S. Rajamouli movies just to kind of check what the rest yeah. of his filmography was like. I watched both of the Bahubali movies, which are excellent. RRR is in another category, even than those excellent movies. I, I, I feel pretty confident saying this is a this is a great film that has traveled more than other Tollywood or Bollywood movies. You and know? we're talking and, about an amazing experience in the thi- cinema. I haven't totally. seen it in the cinema, but I've only seen videos of people experiencing it in the cinema, and it looks amazing. It's amazing in the cinema. I cannot wait to see the Bahubalis on the big screen in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, I am also nervous about recency bias, about this one in particular, but then I also am aware that there is a film that came out this year that I am going to make an extraordinarily strong argument should just immediately be on the list. And that's everything everywhere all at once. Um, and, I mean, between those two, as much as I love RRR, it is everything everywhere. Wow. These titles are so repetitive, even in their own titling name. <laughs> but that said, I love you, Devin. I love you, Josh. If you as producer engineer brains wish to say this is our consensus pick and we insist it is on the list. I love you. And I would give you that. There's a very strong I, reason I, I'm not going to use this one for that. And I yes, know where just you're going to below eat. this. On <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Devin. All right. Really? Well, the one, the mm-hmm. one that, the one that is, uh, the one that we're talking about that you both put on the list. That we did not put on the list. Fargo. Sir. You have no call to get snippy with me. I'm just doing my job here. I'm... I'm not... Uh, I, I'm not arguing here. I'm cooperating. And there's no, we're doing all we can. Yep. Yeah. Look, I... Um, I said this last year when we were talking about Raising Arizona that I did not put Raising Arizona on my list as much as I love that movie. I love that movie. But Couldn't I knew love it that... More. I knew at some point we were going to cover Fargo and... The Coen brothers, look, the Coen brothers are probably only getting one slot because they know we're on this list because they know we are saving those two slots for like the Spielbergs and the Kubricks of the world. And and I, I, I could make it I could make a case for the Coen brothers eventually having two. But assuming that they're just going to have one slot, assuming that there's going to be one Coen brothers movie that 100 percent sums up everything that they do well in a single film, which is so hard considering like the breadth of the, the genres they've covered and the tones that they're masters of. Fargo yeah. has everything. It's got, yep. it is, it, it is, they're ex, it's an expertly told crime story. It has so much comedy in it. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind it, it kind of captures their prankster side in the way they present it as a true story. It has some of their best defined characters, their best defined performances. It's the most iconic movie. It was yep. on the original AFI list. It was best picture nominated. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of the whole package. And to bring it back, that is the, that's the Grand Budapest argument that I was asking to table because yep. I think. Look, Raising Arizona is spectacular. I, I could make, I mean, like Josh says, I love pretty much, uh, I'm interested in all of their movies. I love probably 10 of them, you know, to that degree. They're so good. But Fargo is the kind of movie that you cannot make unless you've already gone through Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, Hudsucker Proxy. You've made all these other tones, and now you have this one movie that makes space throughout it for all these little tones to exist in their own little spot. I, I truly think it is the one Cohen's to rule them all. It's the it's the one that brings together all the things that they do into one all package. Right. You swayed me. I'm I was gonna have this debate on here anyway in my mind because I was wrestling with it. I'm very happy to swap. 
I will say that Raising Arizona is still my favorite of these two, but the tribe has spoken. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so wait, to yeah. be clear, you yeah. are you are picking Fargo over using your combined powers for RRR? Mm-hmm. I think it's the right thing to do in, in terms of the recency bias. I want to make sure everyone knows that I, I, I think RRR is worthy of this list, and we may revisit. We may come back to it next year and go, you know what? After a year or after two, I think we should have put that one on the list. Lodging it here is good enough for me. I want to use my veto in this spot to say Fargo's the one for the co All right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think just out of length and passion for myself, I'm going to take my last vote out of the mix because I was wrestling with putting it on, and it is Heat. Yeah. I, I thought he should be on this list and I was like, maybe Michael Mann movie should be on this list and everything we've talked about, is it the best Michael Mann? Sure. Is it the best? You know, I was like, but, I, you know, Cops and Robbers. A lot of Cops and Robbers. It's a great movie. It's a beautiful movie. I really like it. I feel like I can't make an argument that I think I was in a, 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 a rec- like, I think I was in a heat hole. We just <laughs> talked about it. We, we saw it. I really loved it. And I was like, God damn it, I'll put it on the list. But I, I don't feel strongly enough. I know, Devin, you you agreed with me. I, I, I really like it. I, I just I just don't know. I just don't know I, if it's I think of its of its type, it's the best one of those. But right. I I wouldn't personally push any harder than that to get it on the list into space. I think it is probably the best cops and robbers movie made in maybe even in my lifetime i don't know because you right. know amy and i are both a little bit you know non not interested in goodfellas so like if you're looking for a a, a cops a crime sort of film heat sort of does it for me but there are and we're talking movies. about dark knight that is basically right. doing like a little mm-hmm. bit of an homage to heat yeah. that's how i felt uh, i didn't think i needed both heat and dark knight yeah. that's yeah. true i mean we also have a lot of robert de niro uh, representation Certainly. on this list. Uh, oh, maybe not I, enough Kilmer, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this. How would you feel if sometime in, we do um, my personal favorite, Michael Mann, which is Last of the Mohicans? Ooh, I do mm. love that one. I'm or very thief. intrigued by that. Or Thief. I'm mm-hmm. the guy who loves Miami Vice, too. I love Ooh. Miami Vice. That is an underrated one. I can't get behind Colin Farrell scowling on a jet ski. I completely <laughs> understand it. It's just there's some there's some vibe to that movie in a in a... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of way, where the vibe just kind of overpowers everything. And you're just like, I just like living in this movie. This is a good one. I got to say, I got to stick it for The Insider, too, of just like an incredible film. All right, great. So Michael Mann will revisit. Let's just talk about what we like right now. Right now, it is The Matrix, Night of the Hunter, Boogie Nights, uh, The Dark Knight, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Grease. We're going to let you decide between Starship Troopers and RoboCop. We'll let you decide between a Blair Witch and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've all agreed to replace uh, Raising Arizona with Fargo. We are going to reconsider RRR at a later time. And uh, The Piano and Jackass are on our list, which leaves <laughs> us with our final debate of Superman and Spider-Man and Akira. And there's one more you forgot, Paul, which is I do have Holy Grail on the list with an asterisk in case we replace it yes. with another Python later. And I think yeah. we should. Great. Yeah. All right, great. I, I, I agree with that. That's good. So I don't know if we're going to come to a consensus. We really hashed out Spider-Man and Superman. I'm fine to put them both on the list. Yeah. And then prune. You I know, don't I'm mind like, that. Yeah. 
I kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're different enough, and and in terms of they're innovating different things. I don't think it's, yes, I don't think it's uh, out of hand to put both on right now, and then you know I, the audience will tell us if they're like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Yes, you know, yeah, I could put them on and prune. Although actually, now that I'm even talking about it, I'm already thinking about all of the other types of films we don't have on this list, and maybe I could let Superman go, but that hurts. Sure. But can I just tell you right now? We have right now zero animated films on our list yeah yeah i mean that's a gauntlet for the next season of course it kind of uh, is yeah so i i think for that alone spider-man should get on this list at mm-hmm. one point you know um i can't believe we don't have a pixar movie on there or anything or Amy, I'll you come know, with you. if you want to fold on that one and go spider-verse i'll i'll agree all right we'll fold that's what superman himself right. might do it really is all right i like it all right so we've made some very big decisions. Let us know what you're thinking. Did we miss something? Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk briefly about Paddington 2, which is a movie that I think should be on this list. I didn't put it in my top 12 because I talked myself out of it uh, because I felt like it was going to be an uphill battle. But if you feel uh, that you Paddington has been... I, I don't think that you do, though, because based on the response to Paddington... People didn't feel like it belonged on the list, so I, I wasn't gonna go down. I wasn't gonna go down fighting that hard. For Devin it. Really is the only it, one of us four who put it on the list. He also put Blade on the list. Maybe Devin, would you like to take this moment to honor your fallen soldiers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I am very realistic about my love of Blade. Right? Like, is yes. it a perfect movie? No. Is it a perfect movie? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> it, it's a movie that uh, when I first saw it. Our engineer, Ryan, was working at uh, the movie theater in Boulder. And so during the day when I didn't have to work, uh, this was when I was still working at Blockbuster, I would go over there and just go in and see whatever movie. And I went and saw Blade in the theater, I think four times, maybe five. Uh, Because what else do you want a movie to do? I remember sitting there in the theater going like, this is exactly it. Like, it's it's a great time. Wesley Snipes is so lithe and fun and kind of a weird. He plays it a little weird and quirky, and that's so engaging. Stephen Dorff is like one of the best villains in any of the heroes and villains movies I think that we did. And his hair is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Blade musically captures what exactly what it felt like in 1997, 8, whatever it was to be like, like, God, this is the future. Look at this blood rave. This is what we're all going to be doing in four years. We're all going to be at blood raves. You know, it, it just it had an edge to it that was so of the time. And every time I come back to it, I'm like, ah. This is a great movie. This is just this is what I want an action movie to do for me. Um, but I am realistic. It is Blade. Uh, you know, pour one out for Blade. I love you, Blade. Um, Paddington Two. I don't even know how to even. You know, what, what would be the. I, what's the negative of Paddington 2? <laughs> Paddington 2 I is, know, I know. <laughs> it's the most fun you can maybe have, and everyone everyone liked it. I agree with you, Paul, that I kind of, I didn't have it on my first draft of the list because kind of the response of the audience sort yeah. of softened me on it in a weird way. I was like, oh, maybe it isn't that good. And then it was just on, and I saw like, you know, the middle 45 minutes, and I'm like, no, no, damn it. Paddington 2 is excellent. This is I a, love it, too. I it's know. It's one of the it best just, family movies of the past, like, 10 years. It's so I good. Know. I, I agree. I um, but, agree. you know, I'm not going to fight too hard about it. I just, I want it noted that I, I really think that movie is fantastic. I do, too. Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many movies, and I was surprised to see that on your list, Devin, Wallace and Gromit was not there. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Now, well, look, I love it. Uh, maybe this is a similar thing that the audience response softened me a little bit where I was kind of like, all right, I mean, we could maybe do some other Ardmans if you guys weren't feeling that one so yeah. much. 
I adore that movie. I think it's jokes front to back. It's one of the funniest movies since like Airplane in terms of how many jokes are in every single scene in the background, things that are said, stuff people are wearing. It's just joke, joke, joke. But I'm uh, open to the idea of looking at like Shaun the Sheep in particular, which I think is a spectacular movie, the first one in particular, um, or any of the other Ardmans. They have multiple movies that I would be into. Um, uh, yeah, it just when it push came to shove, I was like, I didn't really want to push too hard on that one, even though I love it. That's beautiful. And, and Josh, would you like to say some words to your departed pick, The Shining? Oh. Yeah, I had there was just one more that nobody's talked about. And uh, look, The Shining is, is maybe my favorite horror movie ever made. I've seen it like 10 times. It is one of those that obviously could go down the Rube 237 rabbit hole and and just marinated its mysteries and, and watch documentaries and weird YouTube videos about it forever. The, the hard thing about this movie, obviously, is not just that we've had so many banger horror movies already, but also that the Kubrick slots are really tough to replace because we're not going to have this and Strange Love and 2001. Uh, I, I ultimately decided I could put it over Strangelove just because I feel like Strangelove has faded a little bit in my mind. It's maybe mm-hmm. gotten to the point where it's starting to feel like it's showing its age a little bit as much as it stayed. seemed like it really was staying ageless forever. I think I'd, I think if I'm p- picking a movie to like put, just put on and watch tonight, I'm picking The Shining every time. But it's a uh, it's it's not an easy call by any means, and it's not one I'm gonna like fight super super hard for. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's uh just. It's, there's no other movie like it. That's yeah. beautiful. And you're. I wonder. I wonder if we if, if we have a Verhoeven satire on this list, would it mean we will we'll be able? That's to get part of what I was thinking. Is I was also thinking if we've got Starship Troopers, I don't know if we need Doctor Strange Love. As weird as it is to compare those two movies. Hey, 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 hey. Take it easy. <laughs> wow. wow, wow, wow. Now, I, I, I will also say, and I, I've said this behind the scenes multiple times, there are other Kubricks I would love us to consider just in general, and specifically Barry Lyndon is a pet a pet love of mine that I hadn't seen until recently, and now I really think it's it's his, it, it's, I hate to say masterpiece, but it's just, it's the, the way that it's made and how funny it is in the way that it's funny is so interesting and unique to his filmography. I'd love us to look at that. Shining is awesome. Um, it is I mean, awesome. He's made a couple good movies. I yeah, think that's yeah, fair to say. It's true. <laughs> well, that's why we've had that slot for him to to do some more. But anyway, we have 2001 on the list. We have another spot open. This right. is a big debating episode. I know that people have a lot of theories and thoughts, and there are movies that we wanted to put on. And it's hard when you do a bunch of bangers like we did this year. It, it, you know, this this list gets harder and harder to kind of maintain. But wait, I think we kept. I think we added about. 10 or 12 because we took uh we replaced we swapped a little bit yeah we are uh, we are losing three and adding 13 uh pending okay. pending a couple of fan votes so it's going to be we're adding exactly 10 entries this year all right there all we right. go i feel Getting solid i feel solid i have one I last good. question which is that in looking at the current list are there any that in just scanning through either of you would say hmm do we want to is that still worthy of its spot? I wonder if there's... I had a couple thoughts about it that Do I'll you? throw out there. Yeah. yeah. I would maybe take off 12 Angry Men. I think it's a great Aww. movie. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. But I also yeah, yeah. feel like there are other movies I think that can compete within that world. I think that that's a... I, I really love that movie. But I'm just looking through very simply and going like, okay, like what are... Is that a defining film? Is that like something that is perfection. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it is. And um I'm actually yeah. surprisingly comfortable with that. And 
Weirdly, the one that I'm staring at now, hostily, it, it's surprising me that I'm doing this, is duck soup. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> mm. Interesting. But, but I think that's just because we've been talking about, like, I mean, we we when we did this original call, we had to call so many Charlie Chaplins. There are, like, what, three, four Charlie Chaplins on this list. We finally And three Marx Brothers, too. And three Marx Brothers. I think, I think there were two Marx Brothers. Two Marx Brothers. It and was we, Night at the Opera and this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we got it down to one of each. We got it down to Modern Times for Chaplin, which I feel very strongly is my favorite of his. And then yeah. we put Duck Soup on this list, even though that's right. We got into a fight because I liked Night at the Opera. But honestly, right. I I always agree with you that we need more comedy. And I don't know if the comedy we need is Duck Soup. Like, kid, I'm I'm open to a world where we kill us. Everybody's glaring at me, dude. Just put on your little mustaches right. I, and twiddle I think that them duck soup at me. Is, I think that duck, I mean, a bunch of grouchos <laughs> over here. Sorry. I think that duck soup is maybe the holy grail to life of Brian, but right. I, I, you know, but I also. Agree. I don't know. It's a, eh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't want to take one off unless we have another Marx Brothers on there. No, I think Marx I Brothers are. So you yeah. feel like yes. we have to have a Marx Brothers? You feel adamant? Yes, that there's absolutely. A Marx Brothers? I do feel I, like I there has too. to be a Marx Brothers. They yeah. are. Really? They are a. They are a. Uh, especially in American film, they are a state. Like they are. I think when you look at the lexicon of film, they are definitely in that world. Like, like I, foundational. I, I, foundational. Yes. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't want to get into another thing like when Quentin Tarantino yelled at me for not appreciating W.C. Fields. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you bring that up because I will say that maybe this is a preview for the end of next year, right? The end of very next season yeah. when we get there. The one I'm looking at on this list is Mr. Pulp Fiction, because I will say in terms of horse trading, looking ahead to the future, I, I in my heart would be willing to trade away quite a few movies that I love deeply for the possibility for Jackie Brown to be the film that goes in I'm space. right with you. I'm right with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm so that's right just, there. That know that listeners know that that's in the background. I'm I'm moving pieces trying to make that. Happen. I I also would uh <laughs> there but are a again it's hard to put it there. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a few. There's I a mean, few. Exactly. I'm open to that and I might even say uh that we rewatched Death Proof in the dark days of quarantine, that mm. movie is so good. And if anybody else oh, had yeah. made it, it would be their best film. But because it's him, it's his last, it's his like last film in the public discourse. That movie is amazing. I think I actually That's prefer it to Inglorious Bastards. I think it's so fun. Huh. I know that I'm going to be uh, taking one parting shot at Amy before oh, we finish no. this episode. <laughs> but I would say Intolerance also would be a movie that I would maybe consider. I know oh, it's like no. from the historical point of view and it's all this sort of stuff. But I'm also like, when I look at that list, I'm like, the only reason why it's there is because of the spectacle of it and the, and the, and, and how big it is. Like I would put Calgar, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Calgary there over intolerance, just in the sense of like, I'm not saying like, Oh, it's old. I don't like it. It just like, it was spectacular, but I'm also like, I don't know if I'm like, it's like spectacle over substance to me. I feel like, uh, you oh, know, but I like, feel like it's got the substance. That's hard for me to go there. Cause I mean, to me, Caligari is also a film from the twenties. Like intolerance is the only film we have up here from the 19th, right. the entire first full decade of cinema that always gets I, overlooked. I mean, and that's, cause we go straight I'm, to like deco yeah. and everything. And like, I, I know, I, I, I know I, it, it pains me to cut out the whole first important decade of film history. And I, no, I think you're ugh. right. I, I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing it more than, Every now and then I look at a list and I go, oh, am I putting that on? And I think that we all avoided that with Exorcist, even though Devin and, and Josh mm -hmm. picked Exorcist. But I yeah. think it's like the, the idea of like, we're not just making the simple choices. 
And I look at that one and I go, well, that's a simple choice. Like, like only because it's like, well, it fits a bunch of blocks. It's the first decade of film. It's so gigantic. But is it like, is it a movie that you would want to like rewatch? And, and maybe, you know, maybe teach their own. But I do, I do think it's important to be on there. I kind of feel like maybe we're keeping Vertigo on this list just because it's got so much of those like number one top movie of all time plot. Well, is it really the Hitchcock? I don't. I mean, it's I because know. of me specifically. I was the one who pushed <laughs> in the original. That I was. I made that my kind of card where I'm like, "Come on, you guys, please don't take this away from me." It was. It was <laughs> sorry, like my personal sorry, request. No, no, no. I, <laughs> hey, and honestly, in scrolling through this and looking at it, I was like, "Yeah," because the, I mean, the Hitchcock as a God, almost as a genre, because there's so many movies within, you know, he made whatever, 40, 50, maybe even more. The, uh, there's so many in there to look at. I do still think Vertigo, it, the colors uh, of it, the, the, the texture realizing of it, the that we, realizing soundtrack that we of it. Ugh. Realizing that we took off Psycho Beautiful. to keep Vertigo. I, 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 I don't know if I can back it. We kept Rear Window on, so at least there's we that. Did. Oh, that's right. We yeah. do still have Rear Window on. We have two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm still, I'm very proud we took off Psycho. I feel like that was the right call. yeah. Because yeah. who cares about the whole last of Aaron Miles half? Absolutely nobody on earth until the I last do. five minutes. Okay. <laughs> I like Vera Miles a lot. I'm a big Vera Miles Nothing fan. against her. It's just a bore. It's just boring. It's less interesting for sure. Yeah. And and that's why I didn't fight it at the time too. It's like, you can't argue that the second half holds up to that first half. There's no way. Exactly. And I feel like if a whole second half of a movie is, is a tanker, what are we going to do with right. it? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we've got three three jackass movies on this list. Four. You're telling me every, uh, four. Four. Yeah, four. four. Oh, that's right. Of course, there's four. So now you're telling me every second of all four of them holds up. Well, we're we're well, counting them as a trilogy. We're saying that the sum quad, of its quad parts, trilogy. or yeah, we're saying that the, the yeah quad, quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Well, because it's yeah. yeah, I think I think the idea is that like Lord of the Rings is the the trilogy is better than the individual movies. Star yeah. Wars, the trilogy is better than the individual movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, not like, I, I think that these things should be viewed together as yeah. a collective piece. And I think Jackass should be viewed together as a collective piece. Uh, yeah. That's that's all I'm making that argument about. Nah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. All right. So we've made some decisions. It's all there. You can go to unspooledpodcast.com, unspooledpodcast.com to see the list as it exists. Tell us what you want on off. You have some decisions to make now. We'll let you know at the beginning of our next series. And Amy, you want to tell everybody what our next series is going to be about? Well, is there a chill in the air? Because we are going back to horror, baby. And I have to say, we've been already kicking out a little bit the films that we think we might want to cover. And I start, I immediately was like, man, haven't we done all the good horror? Look at all the bangers we didn't even put on the list from this year that we covered that I love. And as we were coming up with possibles, I was like, oh, this well is so deep and so wonderful. And I'm excited to talk about, I think I made you guys initially a list of like 25 films again. So here we go, trying to figure out what to do. It's always so painful. And that I guess like is in keeping with horror season. It should hurt a little bit. Why don't we start it off with a new classic that has a star that everyone's talking about uh, for her new movie, uh, for all maybe the wrong reasons. Uh, I have not seen this movie. And I'm what? very excited. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. <gasps> uh, it is uh, Ari Aster's Midsommar. Oh, you haven't seen this movie? No. Nope. How did you not see this movie? It seemed too scary. And then I <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> I love that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well then, I, I'm excited to kick up horror season with a seasonal horror film, a season of the of the of the sweet. Yeah, I'll be honest, Amy. The hereditary fucked me up too much that I really was like, I don't want to do that again to myself. So I I uh, so I've held back, and now I'm excited to be forced forward. <laughs> well, I like fucking you up, so let's do it. All right, great. Oh uh, yeah, so take a listen to the trailer. Christian says that you've got some special thing planned. Yeah, it's like a crazy nine-day festival. It only happens every 90 years. Hi. opens you up to the influence and it breaks down your defenses and so Mark can be uh, rented wherever you want to get your films but you can also check out all these amazing apps that your local public library has uh, whether it's Hoopla I think there's another one called like Canopy uh, great apps where you can rent movies for free from your local public library use this amazing resource support your local public library and you can support us by checking out uh, some of our unspooled t-shirts at tpublic.com uh, we have a brand new shirt that is uh, a caricature of Al Pacino saying She's got a great podcast, and it's uh, available right there. Uh, a big thank you to our producers for not only uh, their weekly work, but for all of their contributions today. Uh, Josh Richmond and Devin Bryant. Uh, what an amazing Ma- season, guys. Congratulations. Holy Aww. cow. Amazing, amazing season. Uh, also, a shout out to our producer, Molly Reynolds, our uh, our engineer, Ryan uh, Connor, and of course, our brand new intern, C.C. Clarks. Thank you so much uh, for being here welcome and we will see you next week where i will be uh, decidedly fucked up Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.